Hi, and welcome to WOW Talk. My name is Donna. And my name is Darlene. And today, our topic is, what have you got to lose? (laughs) What do we mean by that, Dr. Gustin? Well, it's January. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. (laughs) Yeah, so I guess a lot of people are talking about their New Year's resolutions. And at the top of that list for many, many people is weight, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's at so, the top of mine. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So so with every physical exam, I measure every patient's body composition because it's not about weight. It's not about what you see on the scale. It's about the quality of what you're made of and how that breaks down. And what people don't realize is there's three things we talk about. So you can talk about is a person overweight, as in there's too many pounds on the scale in comparison to how tall they are. So that's, am I overweight? And then there's, are you over fat? So you could weigh less on a scale and have the proper BMI, body mass index. So the ratio of pounds on the scale to how tall you are falls in the right category, but you are what we call a skinny fat person. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Have you heard that before? No, no. And is that, I know it's not technical, but it sounds like it's the popular term that you would use though to describe. And I'm seeing an increasing number of skinny fat people. So you look at them and they look slim. They probably look okay in a bikini. But when I read them on my body composition machine, they could really shock me with a very high percentage of body fat. And so it it can be deceiving versus sometimes I'll have a more stocky person who's maybe of a different culture where that's more their body shape genetically. But when I read their body composition, they're like solid muscle, right? Wow. Okay. so, So someone could look kind of chunky and have a better body composition than someone who's slim and they are skinny fat person so that's number two am i overweight is number one am i over fat is number two and then the third one is is a person over vat v-a-t which stands for visceral abdominal fat so they may look okay they might have the right poundage on the scale but if you look at them proportionally they have a belly and and they have that fat in the midsection around the belly and that fat is connected to having fat around the organs which is a very important risk factor for things like heart disease diabetes cancer all those things right and that's the one that worries me because even when i felt that i was in my best shape ever i always had a little bit there and i would think oh is it the cortisol is it because i'm stressing I don't even know where to begin. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Cortisol. That's the big one, right? Okay. So maybe we should take each one and break it down. So let's talk about the very first category. So the overweight. Right. Go ahead. (laughs) So so that's the easy one that you can just jump on a scale and you can um, look up a chart on the internet called body mass index. And that ratio usually... If the height to weight ratio is under 25, that's pretty good. From 25 to 30 is classified as overweight. 
And if you score over 30, then you are classified as obesity, which matters medically to your health. And then there's sadly a growing number of people who are actually scoring over 40. Yeah. Oh, that's scary. Those are the very big people. They classify as morbidly obese. And then I kindly try to tell these people, your weight matters enough medically that it could kill you. That's what I mean by it's scary. Right. That, that, that yeah. Would, yeah. Yeah. So Very concerning. So, for sure. So listeners can easily just measure how tall they are, measure how much they weigh on a scale, and look up the, the ratios. But in my clinic, I actually have um, a reference chart that personalizes it beyond that. And so there's slightly different targets for each gender and for each age group. So approximately every 10 years, the bar changes, the bar lowers. So for instance, um, 20 year old females, the definition of health is to have a percentage body fat that's closer to 20. But after age 50, by the time we pass menopause, the definition of normal is more like 30% body fat. So, so when a patient comes in, I say, for a female at this age, this is what your targets are. Okay, so why is that though? I mean, I realize I've gone through menopause and I have seen the difference. And oh my gosh, I'm sure there's a lot of women out there that can relate to me and, and to my woes regarding it saying, wow, what I used to do before doesn't work the way it did then. Like now it doesn't work the way it did back then. And that would be something like if I happen to have a very indulgent weekend where I had, um, you know, a lot to eat, a lot to drink. And I get on the scale on Monday morning and I go, oh, geez, you know, I could definitely just take a day probably just a day back then and uh, whether it would just be just eat normally or eat a bit less, I'd be back on track by the next day. Whereas now, oh no, 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 no. It takes me quite a few days. Well, in fact, I, I haven't been able to do it <laughs> for years. That's I, right. I, yeah. So, so back to my question though, why does it change? There's a lot of answers to that question. I, I would say at the top, of the list would be because your body has less hormones and um, with menopause in women it's a little more obvious the period stops and and your ovaries retire and your adrenal glands are supposed to take over um, make more hormones than they did before and but the adrenals only take on some of the load for hormone making and the fat cells take on some of that responsibility so it's because the body is collecting fat because that's what you need to make hormones out of. Other things that change with age are that we don't digest as well. And usually after about age 40, our ability to digest and carbs and handle sugars declines with age. And so naturally our diet with age, it's better to have a slightly different ratio of food with more protein, less carbs as we age. So there's sure. just these tiny little tweaks that um, little lifestyle changes that can help minimize how much fat increases with age. Okay, but back to that 30%, is that still safe and healthy for us women? Yes, that's that's been defined as the normal targets. The charts that I have in my clinic are from the states and they're federal level standards in 
the study of obesity, this is what you're looking for as the norm in your patient. Okay. Yeah. All right. And is there anything else in that overweight category that we should talk about or shall we move on to? Well, overweight is the simple one. That's what people's yes. New Year's resolutions are focused on. And, and also sometimes emotionally a person might have a special number that they want to weigh. I want to yeah. weigh this much. So sometimes I'll have middle-aged women and they'll ask me, I want to weigh 110 pounds like when I was 20 years old. And, and, or maybe they're thinking about weight and they're not necessarily having that as a goal, but they want to talk about it. And I say, hold that thought. Let me redefine what normal is at this age. And if you don't like this number, you're more than welcome to burn off all that extra fat now after menopause. And your target can be, it's more of like an anti-aging um, goal it's it's going beyond healthy okay so there's nothing wrong with that but i tell them i go okay you passed menopause the standards are different if you want to weigh 110 pounds like when you were 20 go for it but i'm warning you it's going to be a part-time job yeah. <laughs> and i i hear you because yeah. i um yeah and i get hung up on the number myself yeah i get hung up on the number yeah so Anyway, okay, so then on to the next category. Number two, over fat. Yes. So so that's when I measure a person on my bioimpedance analysis machine, which... <laughs> oh my gosh, what is that? Uh, it's, it's just a little machine that has electrodes that um, two attach to your hand, two attach to your foot, and it sends a signal through the body to measure how much water, fat, muscle, etc. is in the body. And it's quick, simple, painless. And it's very simple the way that it works. So basically, your muscles hold a lot of the water in your body and they'll let the electrical message go through. So the machine measures how much of the signal went through. And the fat cells, they're more likely to absorb the signal on the machine. And so the machine will send the message and it will record how much of the electricity got absorbed. And that's very representative of how much fat is in the body. So, okay. so it just takes a minute or two. And, and then I look at my chart. It's a female. She's 45 years old. She's supposed to be this much percent body fat, this much percent water, etc. And then it also says... Where is the water located, which can also represent, are you toxic? Are you inflamed? So, so the body composition machine that I have, it's, it's a professional one. It, it goes beyond just telling you how much percent body fat you have. But there are little um, scales that people can buy now on the market that, that are pretty good, that you step on with bare feet, and they'll measure your percentage body fat. Or in gyms, you can find devices where you hold on with your hands. The downside of those non-professional machines is that the scales that you stand on that read your body fat, it's really representing the bottom half of your body. Okay, yeah. And the ones at the gym that you hold on with your hands, it's really measuring the top half of your body. Sure. So, so my machine goes through the whole body, so it's a overall percentage body fat and sometimes all of that matters for people who are what we call a pear shape 
Okay, yes, right? yeah. And so the hormones, more so in females, also very much influence where the body fat is located, right? Like apples yes. are more likely to have cardiovascular disease. Okay, yeah. Wow, that is very interesting. Yeah. So what would you do with that information? Or is that a whole other show? I'm trying to think. Because to a then, degree. <laughs> yes, because then, I mean, maybe if you can give us the Reader's Digest version of, so you've got someone in there who weighs the number they like, but this um, the body fat, they are over fat, as, as you're describing. What would be the first thing you would advise them to do? Well, first, it's educating them what is normal, because it's not something that creates symptoms. So it's something that I do once a year on everybody to, to remind them. For instance, with the skinny fat people, that's usually the young people. They all want to be vegan and they're just dropping all animal products and, and dairy from their diets without replacing it properly with a healthy substitute. So I find a lot of vegetarians and vegans are not getting enough protein and that's one of the common ways that you end up being a skinny fat person. And so when the moms bring in their teenage daughters who are now vegan and the mom's concerned about the nutrition, I'll either say you're doing a good job or girl, you gotta eat beans. Yes, yeah. <laughs> right? So, um, so, so it's about assessment, feedback, education, and then, and then the action plan. And then the opposite can happen as well. I could have a 25-year-old boy who's really into lifting weights and he's really heavy on the scale, but he might just be 10% body fat okay. or 7% body fat. Yeah. So he's gone out of his way to build an exaggerated amount of muscle. Okay. Yeah. So I just basically assess everybody and let them know what is normal and how they compare to that and match that up. Or negotiate that with what are your goals okay wow <laughs> that's very very interesting to me um, fascinating and so our third category vat uh, yes I wanted you to say it again are you vat are you vat <laughs> vat with a V and that is visceral abdominal fat so that's belly fat so you may have good tone in your arms and legs. You might be going to the gym and doing everything right and eating enough protein and digesting it, but you have that soft belly or the love handles or the pot belly. So cortisol, like you mentioned before, is the number one reason for that, which is stress. And it deposits the fat in a very unhealthy location around the organs. And it's very connected to heart disease and blockages, which leads to early heart attacks, strokes, and death. Um, often also including people who are what we call apple-shaped. So you don't really see the definition of their waist. They're just kind of like a round apple. So that's dangerous. And, and this is something very easy for people to do at home where you basically just measure your waist circumference with a measuring tape and you can measure it, um, your hips as well. And basically, if you get the same number around your hips and around your belly, that's not a good thing. No. Your waist should be slimmer than your hips. So that's something that people can do easily at home. Yeah. So then they get that information and 
in that case, once again, they would see someone like yourself and then you would, again, educate, assess, and then come up with an action plan. And I that guess. action plan isn't as much about diet and exercise. It's more about stress management. Okay, that makes sense, of course. Okay. Yeah. So sleep quality and what is the person doing to relax, breathing, shallow breathing, deep breathing, meditation. So it's more a, a lifestyle solution rather than just, not that the diet and exercise are always important, but for the people with, with the visceral abdominal fat, there's a lot of talk about stress. And then sometimes that means I would actually take the next step and assess their adrenal glands, their um, stress glands. Are they in overdrive? Are they stressed out, burned out? And the, the, the words I use to communicate with patients about the status of your adrenals, are they driving fast? That's like stress. Are they running out of gas? That's like burned out. And how much gas is in the car? And you can measure all that, right? And I believe you, it's a urine sample that you use. The urine sample is a test that measures what pace are the adrenals working? Are they in overdrive or are they burning out? There are other tests as well, like saliva cortisol can be tested four times in one day to see if you have the right pattern over the 24 hour cycle because cortisol is very clock sensitive. And there's also hair cortisol that can be tested. And hair cortisol, when I send the hair, it's the last one to three months of growing time that I'm sending to the lab. And it measures how stressed have you been in the last three months as a chunk. And that is very related to your risk of if you have this much hair cortisol, you have this much percent chance of having a heart attack. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's that close to being accurate. Very. Or it is accurate. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we could do a part two. <laughs> on cortisol. <laughs> on cortisol, yes, on that and, <laughs> and on everything on, on how to deal with each one of these categories. But this has been, once again, so informative and... Things that like things I thought I knew but didn't, <laughs> and, and I have to include because yes. I'm I'm so passionate about helping cancer patients and cancer survivors that one of the top three risk factors in oncology is your percentage body fat, and the more fat you have, the more toxic you are. A lot of our toxins are stored in our fat cells, so so it's not just about how good you look. It's about reducing your risk of chronic illness of most kinds. Yeah, indeed. Well, thank you very much, <laughs> Dr. Gustin. Sorry, I did all the talking, but I just had so much fun today. <laughs> you, you normally do, but you're the one with all the answers. I have the questions, and I hope that I am asking the right questions and the questions that you would all love to hear the answers to. And on that note, please send us any questions you have. Uh, please offer your suggestions. We thank you for listening. We look forward to it all the time and we would love to interact with you. So anyway, we shall see you next time. And I think we will do a second part to this on ways that we can uh, work on the different, over, the different categories of overweight and over fat and over that. So thank you and bye for now. Thank you very much. Bye for now. <laughs>